Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Box and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you are not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. Rope bondage is a risky activity, and you shouldn't attempt it without first getting proper training. Listen to episode zero if you haven't already. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom. We are long-term rope partners who live in Bangkok, Thailand. We love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. This episode is made possible by our patrons who support us each month. If you would like to help, head to ropepodcast.com to see many options. This year, we want to focus on bringing the Rope Podcast to a wider audience. To achieve that, we would like to ask you to follow us on Instagram and reshare this episode in your Instagram stories. We are Rope Podcast on Instagram. Another thing that helps us is if you give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts. It's anonymous, so you won't have your name visible on the internet connected with a kinky podcast, don't worry. And now, going on with the show. This episode continues our interview with Midori. If you did not catch the first half, we recommend you go and listen to the episode just before this one, right now. One of the things we've written about is uh, intent and the themes in rope. And one of our most popular recent episodes has been on the nature of intent in rope. Um, and it's a topic that listeners clearly find very interesting and helpful. So could you share your perspective on intent and themes in rope? Okay. So intent and themes in rope, it's, well, it's everything, isn't it? It was, yeah, it's the intent and theme in rope or scenes uh, or structured ways of, uh, structured and consented ways of erotic interaction will have an intent, even if you don't use that word. And think of it in terms of genre. Intent might sound like a big philosophical, you got to be alm and present with yourself. Now let's be a little more easy about this. Intent is like planning a dinner. Hey, honey, how hungry are you? Nah, just peckish. Okay, you know, you want some nachos? Sure. Hey, honey, how hungry are you? I am so hungry, I am ravenous. Um, are you formal ravenous? Or are you messy ravenous? Messy ravenous. Big, sloppy hamburger. Or are we ravenous like seven-course meal? A person can know their kitchen knife skills, but that doesn't mean they know how to cook a meal for someone. Understanding the objective or the genre of the experience. So, so cooking, is it a snack or is it a multi-course meal? Rope bondage, is it a snack or is it a multi-course scene? Uh, and if I want a multi-course scene, but you just wanted a snack, you just wanted a quick little wrist tie and a good fucky-fucky, and I wanted to do like hours of long, tight rope bondage and, and lots of different position changes, and we both say, oh, I want to do rope bondage, come together and we have very different ideas. Hmm. And we've got two very unhappy people. So intent. Or another way to look at it, uh, what kind of genre of movie are you, uh, is tonight's scene? Because a rope scene could be a serious love film. It could also be a silly caper. It could be comedy. It could be a frightening clown horror movie with rope and the clown mask and more rope. Yeah, I know, I just got creepy on you all. <laughs> but intent, if you prefer, think of it as genre. 
think of it as uh, what kind of meal do you want? And then you go from there without thinking about I want this tie, I want a tengu tie, I want a hog tie. If we start with what kind of tie we want, what goes unsaid is what is it that I want to experience? If I said that I want a tengu tie, because that's what we were just talking about, I'm going to want, I'm going to say that because I am seeking some sort of emotional, psychological, physiological, sexual, uh, spiritual experience, but I'm bundling all that up and saying, give me a tengu tie. Hmm. And then I'm disappointed because I didn't express that I wanted to feel like a captured demon. Mm -hmm. So by understanding the genre or the appetite or the intent, that will determine what kind of rope, how much space. God, you know, I've been, it's funny, I've been talking about intent in rope for like 20 years since like the early, early aughts. Um, I'm glad to hear it getting out there. Hmm. But uh, the space, now how you, how you speak, how you handle the rope, rope selection, how you move your own body, move their body, um, what lighting you have. Because if you're going for sweet and romantic, you're not going to have that interrogation light on. But if you want a good interrogation, you're not going to have romantic lighting on. Unless you're going for psycho killer clown <laughs> romantic. <laughs> the best kind. Yeah. So by understanding the intent, also when you get stuck in the scene, like I don't know what to do next, go back to what's the point of this? What's the genre? What's the, the, is it a snack or is it a multi-course meal? Go back to the intent and you'll be able to like get back on course as to what you're doing. In terms of your own enjoyment of role play, do you find that you mostly stick to one or two genres you prefer or are you all over the place and from one day to the next it changes a lot? Oh my God, I'm all over the place. I'm absolutely all over the place. Um, and my my mood or my appetite my mood can change so while i might like negotiate with somebody over like a period of time because i'm going to see them at an event there's still the last minute okay we talked about this but how are you feeling what kind of mood are we in and it will change and by honoring my hunger and sharing that and having the other also pay attention to their own hunger and desire. We get to have a real satisfying scene without turning it into a chore or an obligation. If, uh, and this is, this is an actual situation where like looking forward to talking about and, you know, like, sexting and writing notes to each other that's about some pain intensive rough dominating scene and and we were going back and forth and we were both very excited about it and oh oh the cruelty and then when we got into the play space um he had an injury so he was feeling a little bummed out And I had stuff going on in my personal life and I was feeling, and, and work, and I was feeling really drained and tender. Like, I, I'm, I can't do the rambunctious, um, evil monster scene. I, I'd like 
to be tender. And he was like, that sounds great. For weeks of flirting, and it went out the window. And neither of us felt like it would have been easy for me to feel like I am supposed to do this mean, sadistic top scene. I shall do the mean, sadistic top scene. And then you put on your mask. Yeah. And then inside, I'm still exhausted, even more exhausted. Now I'm in my private arena, and I can't speak my truth. And that's sad. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really want to share our love of Rope to as many listeners as possible, and for that we need your help. Please go to Instagram and follow our account Rope Podcast, then reshare this episode in your stories. Show your love of Rope and help others discover it too. You talk about ritual, the importance of ritual and mindfulness, which seems to connect with uh, what you're saying there, and using visualization as well. And we're um, an MS couple, so ritual is a big part of our lives. And so we were really interested in how you uh, connect ritual to rope and mindfulness and visualization. Yeah, so ritual's like a big word that can mean a lot of different things. And I am, and I, I mean this this phrasing very intentionally, I am a devout atheist. Okay. <laughs> As such, um, I eschew the, the religiosity of certain rituals that are done for, done for just because that's what you were taught to do. So rituals, think of it as for some people a very formal ritual is the way in which they create a transition of of intention and being good for others it's something as simple as i turn off my phone and i recoil my rope and if that's what you do to leave the everyday and the tedious boring adulting behind you that is a ritual uh and you don't have to make it like a big spiritual deal. You just have to make it into, I now will leave the bullshit of the world behind me, and I'm just going to be here. Oh, look, I feel the floor. Oh, hey, I, the room is a little warm. I feel wind and a breeze from my left side. Oh, the rope feels scratchier today. Oh, you're smiling more today and then it gets into the now so whatever it takes to get into the now which is the mindfulness and again there's this whole like eastern spirituality chic woo-woo thing going on uh which it's like package up eastern religion and and stick it in with a lululemon outfit and there you go Are there any rope rituals that you include in your rope practice to give some examples to listeners? Yeah, mine's really simple. Um, uh, Okay, so if I'm having a really, really hard time getting my head, leaving the world behind and the chatter of what I call my thought squirrels. (laughs) You see, they're beautiful. Those are my animals. Um, If I'm having a hard time letting that go, I have a soundtrack that I listen to that puts me into puts me into more of a raw mood and reminds me of my power right 
And so there's that. Otherwise, it's recoiling, um, loosening up my rope and recoiling it. That's it. And can you share with us what the soundtrack is? Because now we're curious. Okay, so I have got Painted Black, mm -hmm. Sin Furs. If I Had a Heart, there's a lot of Wardruna, bunch of Massive Attack, Tricky, yeah, tr a lot of Trip Hop. That is extremely disturbingly similar to what I use. <laughs> I guess rogue people have things in common. And then there's Portis Head. Yeah, yeah and, oh, absolutely. Uh, Michelle Angel Cello's God Shiva, mm -hmm. and occasionally the Valkyries. Yeah, occasionally Wagner. Nice. Yeah. That'll be one of my rituals to get to the present because it's not easy. You know, here I am talking about it, but I've, I've had to think about it, talk about it, do it because it's not easy. Uh, if it were easy, I, I wouldn't even think to, to, uh, talk about it and share about it and write about mm -hmm. it it's a struggle uh and so i i have to give it a name give it uh give it attention because it's easy for me to be thinking about an email a deadline the book i gotta write so for those of you who are listening i don't want to make being present to sound easy it's not and when it's I'm even after all that and if I get in the play space and I am kind this has happened a few times with this specific individual where if I'm not I can't shake the thought squirrels I'll look at him and ask for help as we're getting ready to play and the help that I need is him starting to to physically shove at me hmm. like challenge me like shoving at me and then eventually i'll get to and he'll shove at me come on come on come on come on like this and then i somewhere it's like waking up a sleeping giant and then i'm like <laughs> bring it and that's when i'll just like that's when the switch flips for me. So if I understand you correctly, you're describing a situation where you would be topping that person and the challenge like makes you rise up to it and makes you maybe more aggressive or something like that. Uh, I don't know if you also bottom for rope, uh, but if so, do you have techniques for being present from the bottom side? It's been a long time since I bottomed. Um, and my appetites wax and wane and i i go all over the place there were times when i bottomed the head love a lot more uh i seem to be top heavy now who knows what will happen next year but one of the problems i have in bottoming is um getting out of the teacher head oh he's tying that wrong he's tying that wrong yeah that that so i need to be blindfolded so I can't see it in order for me to feel it. In fact, it would probably be good to put earbuds in me. So then I, I get my senses back into my body because if I can, if I can sense how the, the rope and the hands are moving or the feet are moving and the other person, I'm like, 
Okay, no, stand stall. Stand tall. Cinch with custo. Come on. Okay, a little tight. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that really gets in my way. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah. And then you also write about antagonistic versus collaborative work, which is a really interesting concept. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Oh, I'm so glad that you found that article. Yeah, antagonistic and collaborative rope. So think of uh, this again ties in, ha ha ha, to the intent. Uh, do I want you? Do I want the person bottoming to be comfortable? And does the rope help them to be comfortable, or is the rope going to be part of their? Uh, is the rope also going to be topping them? So uncomfortable rope may be antagonistic. Now, in a single scene, you can actually have antagonistic and collaborative rope because, okay, so maybe you have a bad shoulder and you really shouldn't lift your arm above this. The safest thing to do is to tie that arm in a safe position to the body, just like the first aid tying. So I might put a, a collaborative rope to make sure that you don't throw your t shoulder out. But in the meantime, I am doing some cruel, evil rope between your toes. Ow, 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 ow. And maybe I also have like some uh, rope with powdered wasabi rubbed in it that's going between your nether regions, you know. And so I've got one set of rope that's helping you out so you don't injure yourself and another set of rope that's being really mean to you. That's very cool. So, yeah, 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 that's really interesting. And then um, I also, because obviously I spent a lot of time researching, uh, read about um, the use of uh, verbs and nouns. And I thought that was super interesting as well. So how can people, what is the idea of verbs versus nouns in work? And how can our listeners uh, use it? Oh, thank you. I love that one. So verb, not noun. It is that I am not a fill in the blank, but I seek a experience. Or, I am not a dominant, I want to dominate you. So much sexier, right? Or instead of saying, I am a submissive, I want to submit to you. I crave bottoming. I hunger for topping. And by using verb, not noun, and, and so people say, well, what's the problem with calling myself a top? I'm like, it's a shorthand, but if we use that all the time, there's a way in which language forms the way that we see ourselves in the world. So that makes us, after a while, we start to believe that that label is a concrete way of existing, and that because I am a top, I can do this, but I can't do that. Because I am a dominant that I can't, if I even have a wanting to receive rope, then, then cognitive dissonance. Have you ever heard of the doctrine of anatta in Theravada Buddhism? Because it's exactly what you're describing. Ah, maybe I think in in Japanese Buddhism the the Sanskrit gets translated into something different. Probably. But yeah, yeah, you know, them Buddhists they got some good ideas. They really do. Yeah, so yeah. it's about what I'm understanding is it's about identity, and if we apply 
um, nouns to ourselves, we mm-hmm. get trapped in a particular identity and we're not able to break yeah. out of we that. crystallize. Crystallize. Whereas if we are um, someone who uses verbs, that's a much more active way of speaking mm-hmm. and we have a lot more freedom. Yeah, we give ourselves the flexibility of flowing and changing and not being stuck where we think we are or what we think we are in this case. It also changes expectations around um, from every, if I'm if I want to bottom as opposed to I am a bottom, right? Uh, that means there's an end time, right? If I want to top you, I, I desire to to top you. It already implies that it's a temporary thing. Now, here's an example. Let's say that we're going to go with the appetite thing again. Let's say that I'm really feeling, oh, that cruelness, the mean, the monstrous, the the itchy rope with the wasabi and all of that, right? That's digging into your body. So let's say that I then identify as I am a dominant sadist, and I check off that in that life. <laughs> And after a while, I'm like, I am a dominant sadist. So then I have a scene in which I'm terribly cruel. My appetite is up. Now, at the end of the scene, and the scene ends, and there's aftercare for everyone, at that point, I'm probably not wanting that same level of cruelty and dominance because we've had a scene. So if I am attached to this as an identity, I should always want that. Be fused with it no matter when, no matter where. Whereas if I think of it as an appetite, if I'm no longer hungry for that after a scene, that means that we've succeeded, not failed. Such a... Of course I'm not hungry now. Of course I want to be nice to you now, and I'm not really feeling dominant or cruel, but we can cuddle and have some ice cream, and I am not a failure as a dominant because I was feeling dominance. But I'm always Midori. That's brilliant. Uh, Midori, to conclude our conversation today, can you tell us a bit about the um, space Rope occupies in your life in 2023? Like, what is Rope to you at the moment? Oh my God, can I cry? Please, 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 we can cry together. Hi. Fucking COVID. Yeah. Wasn't Uh, great, was it? I have. No. Um, What's interesting, though, is that in terms of uh, my... My hand and body, oh, here's a funny one. Um, I teach people to do rope bondage with their ass. Okay, okay. Uh, you've, got, you've got me sold. Whatever you're selling, I'm buying. <laughs> so rope bondage with your ass, meaning that when you're playing, that you actually start your movement from your hips, mm. not from your hands. So not T-Rex bondage. Mm. So it's just the hands moving. I'm doing funny T-Rex motion. But if you actually start to move your body from essentially your core, right? you get your whole body involved into the tying as well as receiving. So I joke that do bondage with your ass. Uh, essentially move with your core, which is also good for your body uh, as well as the mind. But in, in the, this year, past year, a couple of years, I haven't been able to as much engage with my body, but I have engaged with my mind and my hands have been busy not tying, but typing. 
I have been writing, 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 and working on my next book. So rope has had a large part in my life. I feel almost monastic that I have had to uh, leave the the pleasures of the world at the gate in order that I may I may contemplate the pleasure of the world. So I've been writing about essentially about how to play. And so I'm writing out all of these weird drills, but also uh, ways to ways to think about it, like uh, collaborative and antagonistic. Uh, had a lovely time of writing, creating uh, this analogy to walking in a garden of a tea garden as a analogy of how to get to your headspace. So I have been writing, and I have now been releasing my chapters, now in draft form, so I reserve the right to change it for the book, in draft form once a month through the Twisted Monk blog. And it's not being put out in any order. Okay. It's it's put out in, in fact, each of the chapters can exist separately. So people can just pick it up anywhere. And it's meant for any level. I'm not going to go heavily into the diagrams of ties because there are plenty of wonderful books on that. But I've got some weird drills on how to practice things and funny sayings that's actually relevant, like cinch with gusto. That sounds very fun. So, yes. Uh, Midori, for our listeners who would like to support your work, is there some way for them to do that? Oh my God. Yes, please. I have a Patreon that I'm very active there every other week. I have live office hours. I have my essays in there. Uh, my artwork, of course, I actually do large scale, um, hand woven and tied kind of like big old macrame, giant room size sculptures. Uh, so I share my artwork as well. And, uh, classes, videos of classes and my Patreon supports me in being able to write the book and I'm also able to create a very friendly and intimate realm where people can come and ask anything. I love my live office hours. Good, smart people. Great discussion. Patreon.com forward slash Planet Midori. Planet Midori everywhere. Planet Midori. Okay. Patreon.com forward slash Planet Midori. We will be sure to get the word out. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Midori. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening and have fun tying.